and welcome to the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club podcast. I am your host, Mr. Richard Dawson, and I am joined by fan club vice president and all-round nice guy, Mr. John McDonald. And I'm also joined by show producer and... All-round nice guy. <laughs> and mostly nice guy, Mr. Reese Fields. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Wow. Again, again. We've got a bit to get through this week, including a recap of the Lions game. We're also going to look at who got selected from the Viking squad for the Pro Bowl and who got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. And of course, we need to preview this week's super wildcard weekend of the playoffs. So let's get going and let's review the Lions game. So the final nail in the Vikings season has been hammered in. We are officially out of the playoffs and our season is over. The Lions game was an okay watch. Uh, we had some good patches. We had some bad patches. I still think that the Lions are going to get found out in the playoffs. I think that's two games where we've ridden them really close without really trying, if we were honest. John, what did you think of the game? It was a lot closer than I expected, to be honest. We, we were sitting there watching it at the Hippodrome and we were all very much in 50-50 mind whether we wanted to win it or we wanted to lose it. We always want to win it, but we kept on changing our minds play to play. It was quite it was quite funny to sit and watch, actually. Yeah, I think as the game was going on, we quickly found out we were either going to be draft position 8 to 12, something like that. It started to narrow as the game went on. Um, I think if the Bears had a won, the Raiders had a won, and the Jets had a won, we'd have been, uh, we'd have been slightly lower in the draft. But... Heart rules overhead every time for me, John. We always want to win a game, especially against our divisional rivals, just to uh, upset their momentum going into the playoffs. Reese, what did you think of the game? I found the game one of those ones that always want to win. But as the games went on in the early window and Atlanta fell further and further behind and Caroline looked less and less and less like a high school football team and more and more like a peewee football team, uh, it became very apparent there was not going to be any miracle this season. Um, so I started sarcastically going, oh no, every time we conceded uh, or every time Marlins for a, a turnover. Um, he had a good game, Marlins really. That's two for two, uh, you know, touchdowns to interceptions, nothing to shout about, but also you know, 400 yards of passing, uh, some miraculous third and 30 uh, from his own five-yard line to the league's best first-string tight end in Johnny Munn. There was a lot of highlights. You know, Jefferson Addison looked fantastic. But once again, you are lacking that quality of a top, top quarterback and lacking a run game that looked promising but just didn't get used. Yeah, I think... Looking back, I think Chandler had 12 touches of the ball for 60-odd yards, uh, which was great. You know, when he got the ball, he looked good. He was uh, breaking breaking tackles and really getting our running game going. I think uh, Madison had a couple of touches, but he looks he looks dead this season, unfortunately. Uh, I think with injuries and um, and the grind of the general season, he looks uh, he looks like he's uh, he's 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 definitely had his season, and uh, and we'll see what happens to him next season. But the marvelous Johnny Munt. Coming up with that 30-yard reception, I didn't even know you could run that far. Never mind, get a reception on the end of it, which is uh, very impressive uh, from the big guy. Brightened up all our days. Mullins, the heart attack quarterback, looked good in spells, which I'd never thought I'd say. 
but he, he, he still doesn't give a calming influence on me. He still doesn't give a calming influence to the offence and certainly not my first choice to run with next season, given the fact that we don't know who's going to be playing our quarterback position next season. Defence did not force a fumble, did not force a turnover, uh, which is disappointing. Uh, I thought we could have uh, stepped up our game, but we've said it for the past few weeks now. I just think they're burnt out rookies playing their first season uh, in a new scheme, new 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 defensive head coach. It's just taken its toll on us this season. And whether the belief was actually there that we could ever make it in the last game uh, was debatable. So, yeah, I'm a bit like you, Reese. I was uh, hoping for a win. But Head was saying, yeah, but that draft position looks uh, looks tempting to if we if if we lose. John, who was your standout player of the game? It has to be Addison. Addison really stepped up in the last couple of games, and that t- that touchdown was an absolute thing of beauty. Just walking it into the end zone by the end of it, it was it was just beautiful to watch. Yeah, I was a bit worried about Addison with the stutter um, early in the game. I thought if it had just kept running on that play, he walks in as well. So. I think we were all talking about Addison for potential rookie of the year when Kirk was throwing him the ball and JJ was getting in double coverage and Hawkinson was getting double coverage and he just seemed to own the field, he owned, owned the backfield and what a player he's become. And I think he's only going to get stronger and better, much, much appreciated and much, much uh, loved part of the team. For me, just to see Justin Jefferson back to doing what he does best. I, I just love watching him. There's, horrendous rumours on social media of uh, trading him away in the off-season, but uh, I'd be absolutely devastated if that guy was not wearing purple and gold next season. Just as long as he doesn't throw the ball. It doesn't work. It's never worked. Let's stop trying to make Justin Jefferson throw the ball. I saw him uh, before the game in the pre-show practice make an incredible one-hander, and then he always throws the ball back to the guy that's throwing it to him, so we know he can throw the ball, but in that game situation, I know when uh, we've seen him do it. I think we've seen him do it one before. Has he thrown a touchdown? Reese, keep me honest. He, he's tried. He's, try, he's twice tried. Tried, He's twice tried it and both been tackled behind the line. He's I he's think. had a couple of you know attempts and incompletions. We've got closest this season with a, you know a wide stream pass coming from Jordan Addison, who you know actually was a quarterback at some point in his playing career. Maybe Jefferson was too, but Addison, more notably, more recently, of course. Um, the only issue was there. Uh, Offensive pass interference by KJ Obsborn. Uh Called that one short, but that was a, a nice tie Chandler screen. That yeah, it could have turned into something. But no, uh, throwing the ball with Jefferson completely agree <laughs> with John. When all eyes are on one man in an offense, like let's face it, if you're the Lions, you've got two at least, maybe three people watching Jefferson on every play. So if you try and hand the ball off to him behind the line of scrimmage on a jet sweep, what do you think's going to happen? especially if you're going for a longer developing play and you're running to the side of the field where you have got your backup guard and your backup tackle. And then your only other blocker is Jordan Addison, who's not very big. It's not going to work that way. Uh, All eyes are on JJ when he runs deep. You're better off trying something like that with Addison throwing the ball and having a running back getting downfield and like Ty Chandler, someone who's not going to really be watched, you know, um, Maybe Jalen Nader if he's back on the team next year. That sort of thing. But we're not the coaches. We don't call the plays for a reason. Um, that being because we probably run the ball more. 
Well, there's a few occasions where we, I'm, I'm sure we wanted to call a few plays this season, but less less said about that, the better, I think. Um, but yeah, I, you know, just to see JJ pop a gritty before the season ended was just put a smile on my face. The guy's an absolute superstar, the best wide receiver in American football. And uh, like I say, he needs to be back playing Vikings football next year without question. Yeah, 100%. Um of course he's going to be back. Come on, who's going to train him? You get some dumb fans. We have probably some of the smartest fans in American football as Vikings fans, but I think we've also got some of the dumbest. Um, people who go, oh, let's trade Jefferson away and see if we can get something like that. I mean, there's as much chance of us trading Jefferson as uh, Jamar Chase saying you know, that he'll, he should leave and sign for the Bengals. It's not going to happen. You would never let him out the door. Franchise tags, everything. Uh, Jefferson, of course, also went for a thousand yards. He missed seven games, nearly eight games, because you know Josh Dobbs put him in the hospital. Um, and then yeah, Jordan Addison is another one. Uh, John, of course, you mentioned he has been phenomenal this season. He actually has the second most touchdowns as a rookie wide receiver for the Vikings, behind a Sammy White, and uh, also the second most yards in a rookie season behind, of course, Justin Jefferson. Well, that's not bad, is it? I mean, let's face facts, the, the the guys next year as a wide receiver duo are going to be pretty phenomenal. I know we don't really know who's going to be wide receiver three next year. Obviously, we've got a lot of, lot of spaces to fill, a lot of positions to get people in for. Is KJ going to come back? Are we going to see Powell? Are we going to see Naylor? Lots of questions. And uh, we're not going to answer them today. But I would love to see those two blow up the NFL next year as a one-two wide receiver duo, hopefully with some running back help, which, uh, like I say, Ty Chandler at the weekend was was good when he got the ball, just didn't get the ball enough, in my opinion. Um, Reese, who was your man of the who was your man of the game? Well, I, I said about Johnny Munt earlier, you know, he had a, I think it was a career high 58 yards, um, 30 of those, of course, coming on one play. But as always, I'm going to try and find someone on the other side of the ball, as you always only seem to pick out the offensive players, unless it's IPJ. Daniil Hunter uh, recorded the only sack for the team of the game. He also had two tackles for loss, which puts him in a company of his own in terms of single season tackles for loss since they started recording the stat back in the early 90s. So, um, you know, we talk about how you need to re-sign Cousins quite a lot. Without Daniil Hunter, we've got no pass rush. Um, You had Marcus Davenport this year, who was good when he played more than four snaps in the game. The only issue is he only played more than four snaps in the game three times. DJ Wanham looked good. He suffered quite a nasty quad tear, uh, successful surgery and everything like that. He's rehabilitating, but this was also his contract year. So the odds on him coming back, probably very slim as well. Um, so if you're going to have you know these three guys expiring contracts, you've got to make a move for Hunter. You can't let him get to someone else. He will destroy the Vikings if he's in an NFC um, team. You've You've got to Bring him back. You got to hope that he signs for a different sport. Never mind a different team if he's not playing for the Vikings next year because he is a class act. And whilst the quarterback position uh, is very important on the offensive side of the ball, you're absolutely right. Pass rush, especially in a Flores scheme, is equally almost as important on the defensive side of the ball. And we need someone to do it, and he's the best at it. So uh, it'd be nice to see him in a in a Vikings uniform next year. But uh, yeah, in a game that meant little. If we're honest, um, it was it was nice to watch a game without the pressure. I mean, there was 
there was a glimmer of hope at the start of the game for me that at some point during the afternoon we would be in a playoff position but uh, it never transpired and it was never really going to transpire um, so I think we just chalk this season up to a very difficult season full of full of problems full of adversity and uh, we go again next season but uh, it's nice to know that where our draft position is next year draft position 11 which puts us flat bang in the middle of nowhere well that's if you wanted to draft a top quarterback talent next year anyway but uh reese who would you draft at 11 i wouldn't draft anyone at 11 to be honest uh you're trading up you're trading down quarterbacks i just can't get past any of them really looking like they are nfl ready at the moment the truth is you need cousins you need to uh sit you need to do what works and has been proven. Watching the championship game last night, Michael Penix and JJ McCarthy, neither of them to me looked NFL ready. I said about Bo Nix, he's shown his issues. There's been further injury issues, shall we say, down the line. Um, Caleb Williams, I've always said, is an attitude disaster. Derek Murray is the only one in that draft who I go, I want him, but he's going to be gone like first overall. So that's never going to happen. I can honestly see the Vikings trading down a few spots, picking up one of those aforementioned quarterbacks and sitting for a couple of years. The the truth is that's the way to do it. When you look at all these quarterbacks who have, who have made the playoffs in their first full season as a starter, whether that be Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jordan Love, they've all sat behind someone and they've learned their trade they buy their time they've thrown against the nfl defense in training for a year or two and that's where the difference comes you can't throw someone in and hope you're going to hit cj stroud every time i was going to say cj stroud would disagree with you because he's he's, yeah, he's an exception to the rule he's an exception to the rule he is up against what was an absolute mess of an afc south this year i mean titans have actually recently as recently as today when recording on tuesday passed his ways with mike Vrabel. The Jaguars have had a quarterback carousel of their own going on this year. And the Colts, yet another team who looked promising of Anthony Richardson, someone who the Vikings have actually tried to trade up very heavily for. Um, but again, quarterback carousel, it all came down to a, a fourth down drop for them. But that is CJ Stroud winning what was the worst division in football and could have easily not have made the playoffs had Gardner Minshew been able to make a one-yard pass. I think we've been we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, and this uh, this phrase of football unicorn keeps coming about because there's a big section of everyone's fan base who just assumes that as soon as you draft someone who has been plastered all over the media in the draft to play quarterback next season, you're automatically going to walk into the playoffs for the next ten years, which is just not the case, and um, it's it's very evident. Patrick Mahomes being the perfect example. I mean, the guy is a phenomenon, but only a phenomenon because he was given the opportunity to sit and learn an offense and sit and learn an organization. Just proves our point more and more. It's going to be interesting, the quarterback situation at the Vikings next season. I would love to see Kirk back. I think once you get someone of his caliber into your organization, you don't let him go easily. And I think we feel like we're letting him go easily if he just walks into a different team. And there's plenty of teams out there that would take him. The Falcons would definitely take him in a, in a heartbeat I would have thought uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that they've got enough money to take him as well I've got a quick question for you um, we've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks this year each of their own trying to go out and win a game 
we've for years bemoaned having Sean Mannion on the roster, a game manager, not a game winner. How much did the Vikings actually need a game manager this year? The problem for me is that our entire offense is set up for an extremely accurate quarterback. And there is not many people in the NFL that can be as accurate as Kirk can. So as soon as he goes down, we don't really have a plan B. We didn't have a strong running game, so it's not like we could have brought someone injured to hand the ball off. When you've got people that make separation like um, JJ do going down for seven weeks, what, what are you supposed to do there? Hawkinson, again, I know it was late in the season, but we, we could have done with his presence uh, for the last couple of games. It was just it was just full of adversity. I don't understand really how we could have done any better than what we did. I mean, I remember the Atlanta game with the Pastronaut coming in. That was uh, That was fun. That, that was the exciting part of the season. Uh, and I wouldn't give that up uh, for to see anyone else. But we have seen a lot of backup quarterbacks. And what I do think it means is that really you should have that backup quarterback in every team ready to start. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost non-negotiable because in a 17-game season, plus if you make the playoffs, you're going to get injuries, especially with the way that these rookie defensive guys are coming in and just breaking lines and attacking quarterbacks. I know there's loads of rules to protect quarterbacks these days, but they are getting through and they are hitting quarterbacks and people are scrambling and with scrambling with turfs that they play on. That's causing injuries. It's, yeah, it's a tough old game. And uh, we're seeing, we've seen, as we've seen this season, a lot of quarterbacks have gone down. John, what do you think? Would, would you think we could have done any better with anyone else? There's a, Always hindsight is twenty twenty, but this has been definitely the year of backup quarterbacks across the NFL. Don't know what's gone gone on over the NFL this year, but most teams have had a start their, their starting quarterback back out for at least one game this season, and it's been quite bad all over the league. So it does show that everyone does need a decent backup quarterback sitting there ready to go straight in. Yeah, it's also been the year of, of hindsight GMs saying that everyone should have taken Flacco and they'd have made the playoffs, which if you'd have asked um, anyone that after his Jets career. Well, that's not a hindsight GM. That's a armchair GM. Well, if you're talking Vikings fans saying Joe Flacco, then that's just armchair GMs. You know, the difference of why Joe Flacco was successful for the Browns and why he wouldn't have been successful with the Vikings is because the Browns had a solid running game they could always fall back on. Even when they lost Nick Chubb, you know, Ford came in, fantastic. Kareem Hunt did his bits. There is a huge difference there. Um, you could have put, uh, I, I don't think there's anyone you could have put in. I think only if you had a proper, devoted game manager quarterback that could have done bits. I reckon if you had on the start, from the start of the season, if you had a Nick Foles in this team or someone like that, which was never going to happen, or yeah, even Carson Wentz, an experienced quarterback who you know knows when not to launch the ball into triple coverage, or you'd hope would be the case. But I don't know. I think this was as good as the team could have got. We would be a playoff team with Kirk Cousins. Yes. The defense wouldn't have burnt out. Yes. But the world's not perfect. Uh, if the world was a perfect place, the Packers would be 0-16 and draft a long snap with their first pick. Yeah, good point, Reese. And talking along snappers, it's time to go on to our next segment of the show. I think we've talked enough about the Lions game now. I think we've talked enough about Vikings football this season. And I think it's time to look to the future and not dwell in the past. So let's have a look at who was selected for the Pro Bowl and who was snubbed. (laughs) 
So moving on to the popularity contest. Sorry, I mean the uh, obviously best players in the league contest of the Pro Bowl votes this year. We have got two players entering the Pro Bowl in Hunter and Depola. Uh, both great players. Hunter, we've already talked about in the show. Just absolutely incredible. What a guy. Um, what a performance. I think he's... I think he's shown that he's worth the money that we're going to have to pay him to retain him next year. And Depola, um, not a huge amount you can say about the long snapping position. But what I do remember this season is him having a pop at one of the Raiders players on the sideline after a potentially dubious late hit on on our punter, which was quite comical, uh, especially as he used to play for the Raiders. So uh, just for that, I think he should have been voted in anyway. But uh, Reese, give us the stats. Why are they in? Uh, well, Daniel Hunter, top five in the league in sacks, Viking single season leader in tackles for loss. The sole source of our pass rush in games where, you know, DJ Wannan was finding his feet and where uh, Marcus Davenport was only playing two snaps. But yeah, Hunter, phenomenal season. Uh, the sort of season that's going to get him paid 25 million wherever he is next year, you know. Regardless of what happens, you're probably looking between, you know, 80 and 90 million over three years for Daniel Hunter next year or over your next contract, I reckon. Um, I don't think that's ambitious to say it because he is a game record. You've got, of course, the didn't see a bad snap all year, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> thought he did a good job against the Raiders sticking up for the team, like you said. But also, we didn't have a block punt this year. Uh, I didn't see a bad hold this year. Um, in terms of field goals, there were some bad kicks, but that's Vikings for you. We had, um, you know, one of the better long snappers in business before in um, McDermott. Of course, he actually lost the tip of his finger in a game, which led to his retirement. Um, but, you know, if there's one thing this team does well, it's long snappers. And so I'm not surprised to see him make the Pro Bowl was the elder statesman of the team. Yeah, good points, Reese. But also we have to remember who was snubbed for the Pro Bowl this year. I think there's a couple of players that we can definitely mention. John, who's your man who you think should have been in the Pro Bowl this year that's been snubbed? Well, of course, Super Josh Metellus is one of those that just got uh, really snubbed. I think statistically he's better than uh, anyone that was playing at his position that got in. But it's a popularity contest. We all know what it is. The Vikings aren't... Uh, big market team so we often get overlooked no matter how good players play yeah really disappointing for our Swiss Army defender Metellus I think he's been outstanding this year uh, for me I'm going to say Mr Reisner I think he has come into the team in a, into an O-line that has been probably berated the most out of the NFL for the past two or three years come in and can you believe this Reisner did not allow a sack in our team since he started playing for the Vikings, which I just think is incredibly statistically good. Uh, the, the guy's obviously a really nice guy as well. Drafted into for the rest of this season. Is he going to come back and play next season? I hope so, because that solves a, a big problem on our O-line. Uh, we've got obviously some extremely talented tackles. But our interior O-line is uh, deficient sometimes. I'd like to see him uh, a little bit of consistency. I'd like to see him come back in. Uh, talking of another guy that didn't manage to play a whole season, Justin Jefferson, but managed to receive for over a thousand yards. You know, why isn't he getting in the team? Is it is that because he's just been in far too many times before? Uh, is he the easy choice? I don't know. But Reese, who's your snub for the year? Yeah, you mentioned our incredibly talented tackles and my snub is Christian Darasaw. Um, the easy one would, of course, have been Justin Jefferson because he's the best in the league. But, you know, he played nine and a quarter games 
and got a thousand yards, but you know, that's not good enough for the Pro Bowl, apparently. Yeah, Christian Darasaw was outstanding, I thought, this season. There were some games where he played hurt and it was obvious, but he had that toughness to keep going. And in this season, he put in the best performance I've ever seen for a Minnesota Vikings tackle in my time watching the game. That game against San Francisco, he was nothing short of incredible. In a team that allowed no sacks that night, he was the staple of it. He you know, he had times where it looked like he'd lost his block and just contorted his body in such a way to legally stop the, um, the Russia, which uh, Packers fans, a legal use of, a legal way of blocking the pressure is when you don't grab outside the numbers of the jersey. Uh, I know you don't usually get it called. If you do listen to this podcast as a Packers fan, that's what it is. Uh, you're probably going to get quite a few of those called against you because you're a road team in Dallas in the playoffs. So good luck with that. But yeah, back on track. Darasaur, phenomenal talent, snubbed 100%. But also, I can't fault the tackles that were selected in the NFC because they are also outstanding outstanding players yeah it's not often that bad players get selected for the pro bowl and we're always going to have some slightly purple tinted glasses when looking at at this lens there really hasn't been too much to be to be shouting about on the vikings side of the ball uh, this year but uh, i think we've mentioned a few people there that certainly in my opinion deserve to be a called up especially metellus i think he was uh, i think he was pretty outstanding this season and uh, and like i say for a for a man to allow no sacks in his position, for a key objective in his position to make sure that no one sacks the quarterback, it's a no-brainer for me. He's a nice guy and he's done his job. So, uh, and he's done his job to the absolute highest possible ability this year. So he should have been in. Yeah, he transformed the inside of that line. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's been a problem position for us for years, allowing pressure at the middle and one small change made a huge difference. Well, like I said, the final nail in the coffin of the Viking season has been hammered in, but there is still some football to be played this season in the wildcard weekend. Let's have a look and see what those games and uh, let's see, have a look which ones that we're looking forward to. So here we go. Super wildcard weekend is upon us. Someone clever in the NFL marketing department has managed to rename another weekend and put some time slot games in that means that UK fans can't watch comfortably without getting a nice night's sleep. But uh, I'm still looking forward to it anyway. I always like the playoffs. Not that we make it too often in recent years. But, uh, John, which is the standout game for you? Which one are you looking forward to? Of all the games, probably the six o'clock on the Sunday, Bills versus Steelers. I've got a soft spot for both teams, to be honest. I've really liked both teams. I've always, I've always been a big fan of Mike Tomlin. And the Bills I love because we we know the hurt of losing four Super Bowls. That's going to be quite an interesting game in your house, isn't it, Richard? It certainly will be. The perennial underachieving Buffalo Bills, which is uh, my wife's team, versus the uh, recently unachieving Pittsburgh Steelers, which is my son's team. We have organised uh, some American-themed food for Sunday, and we're going to get the living room all decked out, waiting for that game. I hope they're still speaking again on Monday morning, but uh, we'll have to see on that one. Yeah, and of course, with this game, it's key to note that TJ Watt is out. Uh, he's already been ruled out of the game, so no TJ Watt for the Steelers, which is a huge relief to the uh, the Bills' defensive line. 
Uh, it's exciting. It's of course a somewhat of a dive match in your house, as you say, Rich. Uh, I hope your family are still talking. Let's face it, if they can bond over one thing, it'll be the fact that they can abuse you for not being in the playoffs. Yeah, that's already started. Don't worry about that. Uh, I am the outcast of the family, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I think TJ Watt and, well, I think you can you can pretty much name the whole starting Pittsburgh defence. None of them are starting um, in the playoffs, unfortunately. They've run out of safeties and uh, our old boy, Peterson's had to change position this year. It's been a very odd season for the for the Steelers, and and Rudolph starting that game instead of Kenny Pickett is that is that the right decision? Not the right decision in the long term, I suppose it'll pan out. But uh, I do like the Steelers. I've got a soft spot for them. Obviously, my lad's team. I do follow them a little bit, and uh, I really like Najee Harris. I think the way that he approaches the game is uh, spectacular to watch. Uh, George Pickens, I, I like a bit of arrogance in the game. If you think you're that good, why not act like it? I don't mind that. Um, and they're a historically important team to the to the, to the sport, so I quite like that. The Bills, uh, again, perennial underachievers. You can't help but feel some sympathy, like John said, for a team that has reached the Super Bowl four times like we have, but still not won a ring, um, especially with Josh Allen. I mean, how, how does that even happen? How do you not win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen? But uh, we'll see if they can. They, they, they've sort of caught fire. It might happen that they uh, they get a decent decent run in the playoffs this year. We'll uh, we'll see what happens, especially as they've not got Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals to contend with. So uh, we'll see what happens. Reese, what's your pick of the weekend? My pick of the weekend is the return of Matthew Stafford to Detroit. There is nothing more I want to see than Matthew Stafford silence that Lions fan base because it was cute when it started. Um, you know, it was nice when Detroit were starting to become good. We're like, you know what? Good for you, Detroit. You've sucked for so long. You've never really been, you know, too much of a a problem. You've never bemoaned yourself, your your bad luck too much. Always took it with good humour. And you were quite nice. But then you started becoming obnoxious. Certain members of the fan base, of course, calling out and laughing at TJ Hawkinson for suffering an injury against them. Quite poetic that Sam Laporte has suffered with a uh, hyperextended knee in the game against the Vikings on Sunday. Hopefully, it doesn't keep him out because it'd be horrible for him to miss the the Detroit Lions' only playoff game in however many years. But at the same time, poetic justice if he is out uh, for the fan base and for those who mocked our TJ. Um, but I think that is also the game of the week. I think there is no hotter team in the NFL right now than the Rams. I said when you asked in our inaugural podcast who's the biggest threat to the Vikings in playoff positions. I said the Rams, and I'd like to think I'm right. Cooper Cup's got hot. Puka Nakua is outstanding young talent. Stafford, yeah, fantastic. The defence, you've got Aaron Donald coming. You can't game plan for a man like that. Um, it's going to cause some issues. And then, of course, Detroit. Jared Goff has got experience in the playoffs. He's led a team to the Super Bowl. Aiden Hutchinson's been a phenomenal player all season. Um, on the defense side of the ball. So it's a great matchup. Um, and I'm really excited to watch that one. Yeah, I hate to say it again, but I'm going to. I think the Lions are the frauds of the playoffs this year. They've not been particularly good in any game I've seen, really, especially against a depleted Vikings team twice in a row that um, we could have could have quite easily won both those games by some miracle chance. Um, so I, I don't see them going too far. And I think you know, like you say, the Matt Stafford story is going to be quite fun to watch in that game. I'm going to pick a probably a game that no one has looked at, but Texans versus the Browns. 
I think sometimes when you throw two teams in like that together, they're just going to produce a gunslinging, magic, intercepting, turnover, brilliant game. And for a, for a neutral, I feel like that, that is going to be really fun. So, uh, you know, hats off to CJ Stroud making the playoffs in his rookie year. I think that's incredible. Um, and I think he deserves all the plaudits that he's getting. Uh, coming off the back of an injury as well, it would be a bit fresh. Flacco is an odd story, coming out of nowhere and managing to uh, to navigate into the playoffs with the Browns. Uh, I don't think that the Dolphins and Chiefs is going to be a particularly good game, but that might come back to bite me in the ass. So we'll see how that game goes on. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the Texans versus the Browns. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on the uh, on both of those points you made there about those games. Texans Brown, there's no reason it shouldn't be an absolute phenomenal gunslinging game. The Texans don't hold back. The Browns have got nothing to lose. Joe Flacco is pay he's playing for paydays. He's got some deals where none of us would tie it down. If he wins the Super Bowl, he gets two million dollars as a bonus. You might not think that's a lot, but I've never turned my nose up at two million dollars <laughs> really when you think about it. Um, Chiefs against Dolphins. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm just not excited for that. Maybe it's because of the jet game in Germany. That was a real damp squib tour. It fell apart for him against the Bills. Uh, the Chiefs, let's face it, I think we'll see more of Taylor Swift on screen and we'll see if their offense, uh, they've struggled all year. Um, it's not the worst game. Um, you have got the Buccaneers against the uh, the sputtering, stuttering Philadelphia Eagles. What the hell are you doing was screamed a couple of weeks ago by one of those fans, picked up perfectly by the cameras. Um, and the truth is that Buccaneers Eagles game and the way I see the Cowboys Packers game going are the reason I feel like if Detroit can get past the test of the Rams, they'll be in the NFC Championship game because I just don't see whoever wins out of Philadelphia and Tampa getting anywhere and unless they have to face the Packers which I don't think is physically possible my my daughter is gonna have something to say about the uh the Bucks Eagles game because my daughter's a, a Bucks fan uh selecting her team after I refused to bestow a life of depression on them in being Vikings fans I let them choose their own team and uh she selected the Buccaneers two weeks before Tom Brady signed for the Bucks and won a Super Bowl in her first supporting season after a lifetime of misery for me as a Vikings fan, I've, I've never been able to relate to it or forgive her for it since really. So yeah, so I think she's gonna have something to say about it. I absolutely hope and pray that the Cowboys turn up and Dak Prescott doesn't do Dak Prescott things and obliterate the Packers in the first round of the Super Sunday playoffs. Uh, that'd be a, that'd be a nice end to our season. But uh, yeah, I've got a, a sinking feeling, same as you, Reese. if the Lions do manage to get past the Rams, are they going to do something ridiculous for the plucky Lions, who were uh, uh, a team that we hoped would do well because it put a smile on everyone's face. But actually, now they're good. It, it's not good. <laughs> so it'd be, uh, it'd be nice to see them get knocked out pretty sharpish, um, especially as it does nothing for their draft position or anything as well. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, all good games to look forward to. Like I say, plenty of American football still to play this season. Uh, have you got a tip for the first round of Super Wildcard Weekend, or even a, a tip for who's going to win the whole thing? Don't bet on the Cowboys, because even though that's, you know, what feels like should be an easy win, it's going to be the worst. Um, it's going to be the worst odds you can get, and, you know, nothing screams Dak Prescott more than failing to sharpen the playoffs. 
I wouldn't be against favouring the Buccaneers in the game against the Eagles just because of how much they've started. I mean, there's been talk about what they're going to do with what they're going to do with Jalen Hurts after the season. There's apparently some discontent in there. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, he's got two yards in his back pocket on every single play um, with that tush push. But if that's all you bring to the team, and if you can't hit someone who's down the field 30 yards, then I get why there might be some discontent. But yeah, I would. If I'm going to say make a betting tip, uh, take the underdog in Rams Lions. Almost crazy to say that Jalen Hurts won't be playing Eagles football next year, but I kind of understand it. He's very much a scheme quarterback, and uh, I know you say that he's got two yards in his back pocket with every play with a touch push, but I think it's more like one yard after Kelsey manages to steal a yard every time he puts the ball down, which has now been found out. So we'll uh, see how effective that play is in the future, or even if it's allowed. They might ban it. You never know. But uh, John. Who's your tip for the first round of the playoffs and uh, who's your tip to win it all? I don't think you can look past the Bills, to be honest. They're getting hot at the right time. They've been sitting in second place in their own division for all season until week 18. And then they decided, oh, we're going to take this from you, Dolphins, just at the right time. That means they that if they do win at the weekend, they'll get a home game against someone like Kansas City. Now, Kansas City have always being the home team when these two face off in the championship game or in the postseason. What's it going to be like on a cold night in Buffalo in January? Are you going to be able to turn up the same way you can in Kansas City? I don't think they will be. Well, it's almost the same question of if Messi can play in Stoke on a Tuesday night. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I I'm, uh, I don't know. Can you look past the Ravens? They have been in in consistently good form this season. They've just obviously added Dalvin Cook to their running game, who I'd be delighted if they managed to get a ring this season. In the first round, like I say, I think I I just can't wait to see the Texans play the the Browns. I think that's going to be a really cool game. I'd love to see the Texans go a stretch in the playoffs. Um, I just think it's good for football. It's a good story. Uh, But for me, I can't look past the Ravens. I think they're going to take it all, unless the 49ers have an absolutely on-song game uh, if it comes to it. Uh, for me, the consistency of the Ravens and and how they've managed to uh, keep Lamar healthy this year by not letting him sprint down the field every time he touched the ball. I think that's been uh, a good decision, and uh, I think they've 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 progressed. They've looked good as a team. They've got good weapons. For me, it's the it's the Ravens that are going to take it all. Yeah, I agree with you on the Ravens. They'd be my pick for the Super Bowl too um, to win the whole thing. I'm excited though, of course, to see after this weekend what Brock Purdy can do. In the playoffs, you know that was the fairy tale of last season, cut short by uh, a torn. It was a torn tendon in his elbow or bicep or something. Yeah, yeah his so elbow. Be... Get injured. That's what you can do in the playoffs. That's all we've seen of him so far, unfortunately. But uh... well, no, he won his first game. He got all the way to the NFC Championship. It, you know, it's interesting to see what the 49ers can do if they're not down to their full string quarterback by the end of it, who's playing with a concussion. But it's the NFL logo. Um, thing isn't it They've, that everyone says because the Super Bowl logo is purple and red it's going to be a purple and a red team there's only one purple team in the playoffs which is only one red team that can be well unless it's a, weirdly the Buccaneers um, you know <laughs> in the Super Bowl I'm convinced though it should have been Ravens uh, sorry it should have been Vikings versus Chiefs uh, that's what those colours really were for but then Kurt got injured and uh, Dobbs stole Taylor Swift's thunder so you know <laughs> That's uh, that's where we are with that. Yeah, I think 
if I don't hear Taylor Swift's name again, especially in this house, because my daughter's a massive Swifty, if I don't hear her name again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting talking about the playoffs. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I love this time of the season. I think it's uh, really, really exciting. I'd love to be part of it, but uh, uh, not to happen this year, unfortunately. And I'd still put that down to Kurt getting injured. But it's been great to talk about football. It's been great to talk about the Vikings. Do you want to come back next week and talk about who got fruit round? Blech. Do you want to come back next week and talk about who got the root? Oh, my God. <laughs> really should have taken it out on Taylor Swift, man. It, this is what happens. It's the Swifty curse. Yeah, do you guys want to come back next week and talk about who got through in the first round? Always happy to talk football with you fine gentlemen. Yeah, always happy to talk football with you fine gentlemen. Um, as John says, there's nothing I'd rather do on a Tuesday night uh, for everyone else to enjoy for the listening pressure on a Thursday. Well, it's good to hear, because otherwise we'd never, ever get back together. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. I, knew that, I knew there was some bad blood in there. <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's time to end. So thank you very much for being with us. We'll listen to you. Well, I think on that note... I it's all right, Rich. Shake it off. <laughs> on that note, it is definitely time to end. Thank you for being us with us this week. Thank you for listening to us, and we will see you again next week. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. <laughs> Cheers, Tara. <laughs>